Hey, how's it going? This is Shantz and welcome to another week of Knock and Talk, the new podcast where we'll be focusing on success stories and strategies in the door-to-door industry. Each week, we are introducing new topics on motivation, trainings, and guest appearances with real-life stories to help you in your own endeavors of sales. Today, we have another special guest, Austin Baker. How's it going, Austin? So good, man. This is awesome. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Well, I'm super excited to talk with you as well. A little bit of context for everybody listening. Austin Baker is a co-founder and a director of sales for a pest company down in Southern Utah. And Austin, correct me anywhere if I'm wrong, but is this all standing true so far? Yep. I've always admired guys like you that are able to pick up a program like this and drive it to success like you have. So maybe give us a little bit more background on what got you into door-to-door and that just a brief history on you being one of the co-founders and directors at Nature's Gate um, and kind of why you're doing this type of sales, why you're in this industry. Awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I didn't actually, it's kind of funny, but I never did door-to-door sales for any other company until we started our own business. So it's always an interesting twist for people when they hear that. Um, I think it starts a few years ago. I served a LDS mission in South Korea, and that really got me introduced to uh, the group of guys that I ended up working with for Nature's Gate. Um, So served the mission, came home, and I just wanted to get into sales. I didn't care what kind of sales it, it was. I just wanted to get good at sales master that and kind of see what I could do with it. So as soon as I got home from my mission, I was pitched by a bunch of people to do door-to-door sales. I wasn't super interested in it. I just didn't really have anybody that I met with that I really vibed with. Um, And I ended up actually getting just a corporate uh, software sales job. Um, Very big corporate, classic eight to five. And I did that for about a year. And it was, it was a great opportunity to kind of learn sales in one aspect, but it was never fulfilling. It was tough for me to be in a business from eight till five, have a boss, like just that structure was really tough. So I knew I wanted to start my own company. I didn't know what I wanted to do, Um, but bringing it back to one of my mission friends, his dad owns a few businesses and he reached out to me and said they wanted to start a pest control company in St. George asked if I'd be interested in running sales for it. And I just jumped at that opportunity. Um, I didn't know anything about door to door at the time. So I put in my two weeks notice at my other company, started watching YouTube videos, how to sell pest control door to door. And yeah, just, literally went out, started knocking doors, making up a script as I went and started knocking for pest control in October, which if anybody knows the business, there's not a ton of bugs out in October, November, December, which is when I started knocking. Um, so yeah, we just, we, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that I wanted to do it well. And thankfully in the years to come, I was able to recruit some awesome sales reps. We've grown into over a million dollars in revenue and yeah, man, it's, it still feels like it's I, like I'm stoked with the success that we've had, but I definitely feel like there's a lot more to, to do and, and learn and grow. But that's how I got into it. Kind of just saw an opportunity, Great. wanted to take it. And yeah, it's, it's been pretty yeah. cool so far. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have been consistently doing very, very well. So you, it's, it's cool. Your story of you started having not been in this industry and being able to build it to where it's at now. 
And I think that you'll actually have a lot of great insight for our topic today, which is actually how do we handle rejection? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's going to be the, the main focus. And I, I'm really excited to hear your insights on this. So first off, do you have any personal experiences, whether it's you or someone on your team about rejection? Because this is something that we all deal with in sales. And I'm sure you've got your fair share of experiences. I don't know if there's a favorite one or anything that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, man. Uh, it's such a funny thing to think about in door-to-door is anybody that does sales or especially door-to-door rejection is such a part of the business that there's no way around it. It's just like, it is the business. Like your, your job is to experience rejection. One, one experience that comes to mind though, is a time where we uh, made rejection worse than it had to be. I won't say who, but uh, one of my good friends, he's been selling with us for a long time. Uh, rejection, you know, it, it happens. Sometimes it stings a little worse than others, but I feel one of the worst things we can do is overreact to it. There was a time where one of our sales reps, he was pitching this lady. She wasn't having it, shutting him down. She was kind of rude and maybe it was just hot outside or what, but he decided to kind of storm off uh, a little bit upset. And instead of taking his segue down the driveway, takes it straight over her grass, hits a rock and just like biffs it, falls on his back. <laughs> right on her lawn she's just looking at him like he's an idiot i don't know so you're going to experience rejection all the time but a good lesson it's rubbing salt in the wound rubbing salt in the wound of rejection by by looking like an idiot (laughs) yeah i was like don't don't hurt yourself more than more than it has to hurt and uh, sometimes we lash out we make it worse so that's that's a story that comes to mind yeah no thanks for sharing that and actually what you said at the beginning there we all deal with it Quote by Kevin Fay, rejection is a common occurrence. Learning that early and often will help you build up the tolerance and resistance to keep going and keep trying. So that'll be that'll be a cool thing to reflect on. Because like you said, if we lash out, we might make ourselves look like idiots and trip and fall in the grass, right? So yeah. <laughs> thanks for sharing that. Uh, but let's actually start. We can talk. If you have any more stories you think of, feel free to share. But let's go ahead and start with what even is rejection and talk about that. First off, rejection is a part of the sales job like numbers are for an accountant. It's a natural part of being in the field. This is always going to happen. Like it's a part of the job. If you're doing sales now, you probably already know that rejection is a day-to-day thing. If you're new to sales, you're going to learn that quick. Like you get rejected every single day. It just happens. And so breaking down the, I want to say almost the psychology of rejection, it's really interesting to think about, well, what even is it? So in your mind, I actually have an interesting question I'd like to ask. When you encounter rejection, how does that affect you mentally? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, And I think it really depends on your mindset around rejection and what it is. There's an Alex Formosi quote that I love that he says, um, yeses give us opportunity and noes give us feedback. And I think if you treat it like that, you never have to take rejection personally. And so rejection shouldn't affect you, especially in door to door. I think one of the best things is realize that you need to have a short term memory loss. Like as soon as somebody rejects you, just kind of shake it off. You go to the next door and you just act like it never happened. Like mm-hmm. that there's like, there's no way around it. It's like, you can either carry that rejection with you and feel the negativity and bring that with you on your next door. And then you're even less likely to make the sale again or try and shake off the rejection as fast as you can realize that's a part of it, take it as feedback and then go to the next door with just as much enthusiasm as you did on your, on your first door ever. 
It's like, if you can master that, then rejection doesn't need to have any long-term negative lasting effects. It can just literally be one more step closer to getting a yes. And that, that, oh, that's yeah. the way I view it. And like, that way you're not going to get so bogged down at the end of the day with all the rejection. Awesome. That makes me think of the picture, if you've seen it, of the miner who's going underground, he's digging, 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 and he almost makes it to the diamonds. But he turns around and he gives up just too short. And literally, he was like two hits away from getting to those diamonds. I'm not sure if you've seen that picture too. Yes, that's a, yeah, and it's a perfect example of what we're talking about. And I think a good thing to realize there too is when we see that picture, we know how close he was, so we can really feel that like, like oh, dude, like just keep like you're one strike away. But like when you're in the thick of it, you don't know that you're that close, and so you just oh, yeah. like, you have to keep pushing. But yeah, that picture, yeah, that sums it up. Thanks. And Austin, maybe help me navigate this and tell me if you've, if you've experienced this yourself. But if we look at rejection from a psychological aspect of what are the stages of rejection or how can we navigate rejection ourselves when we do encounter it? So when we are in the thick of it, there's a publication by ACS.org that actually relates the stages of rejection to the stages of grief. So that the five stages are actually denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, which like I said, mirrors grief exactly. So let's break that down. And actually, I'd be curious to hear if you have any example stories or just thoughts on it. Help me walk through, I'm with a customer and they reject me. What is going to be that denial phase at the door? How might might I be lashing out in a stage of denial when it comes to rejection? I think there's a lot of ways that you can act in denial. I think if you're pitching somebody on the door and they deny you or they say no, I mean, it's, it's common to just get defensive. It's common to just literally quit and walk off the door and just accept that for what it is or to take it personally. I think a lot of sales reps, myself included in the very beginning, I made it such an emotional thing. I thought if they reject me, then they're rejecting like me personally. And so I don't know specifically how the denial would play in there but i just think there's we make it harder on ourselves than it has to be and part of it is letting let, letting someone's rejection affect you personally because there's so many things that go on in somebody's life like you don't know what the timing was like for that customer you don't know what's going on behind that door so it really just might have been a bad time for them like so just trying to shake it off and don't take it personally that allows you to have the energy to maybe try and pitch it again or reframe it or ask better questions or, you know, so many different sales tactics that we have. But I think for me, that was a huge realization is just, they're not reject. Like, it's not like they don't like me and that's why they rejected me. I think I've seen a lot of sales reps deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you already gave a good example of how that can lead to anger. Like you said, don't be the guy that's storming off on someone's grass, like trying to go across the grass because you're just going to hurt yourself in the end yeah. and it's not going to fix anything. Don't be the guy driving on a Segway across the lawn because you're going to trip and fall, right? Yeah. So I like what you said about don't take it personally because it's going to happen. People are going to reject you. And if you take it personally, you're, you're almost adding fuel to the flame. You're making it worse than it needs to be is what it sounds like to me. And that ties directly to the anger. Cause I think denial is one thing, your first reaction, like discovering that so that someone is turning you down and you're in disbelief at that. But then lashing out is the anger side. Once you realize that it's not a misunderstanding, you're, you're angry and you want to lash out. You want to, you want to make them feel almost that rejection. 
And that leads us to the bargaining end, which I thought is kind of interesting. Bargaining. When we think of how are we bargaining in stages of rejection, because we've already been denied, we're already angry. I think this comes later, actually. And I'm sure you can agree that after rejection settles and you're past the anger, you're not even in front of the customer, you almost start to bargain with yourself Mm -hmm. of, well, why don't I just take a break? Or maybe today is not the day. And this is something I think a lot of salespeople encounter and struggle with. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think the bargaining aspect can come when we, like you said, going and sitting in the car, calling somebody, just like trying to distract yourself from the goal, which is to get a yes, obviously, like we're out there to make sales. And so anything that takes you away from like pursuing that goal, that is definitely the bargaining. Like literally like, oh, it's raining outside. Like this is just not my day. Oh, this neighborhood is bad. These people are rude. Like there's so many stupid excuses that we can give ourselves, which make it feel justified that we didn't make a sale so that we can go kind of complain or pout and like sit in the car. Um, And I just think like the quicker you can get that out of your mind and just get onto the next opportunity, the better off you'll be. Like you never want to dwell in that bargaining phase. Yeah. And I think, I think you are, I've, I've met a ton of your sales rep that have worked for you and people look up to you with a lot of respect. So if I am one of these people on your team and I come to you and you, you recognize this bargaining phase for me where I'm, I'm bargaining with myself on why I'm, I'm getting this rejection. Maybe sales is not meant for me, or maybe it's not my day. Maybe I need to take a break or I'm just not as good as everyone else. What's your advice to me? One of the quickest lessons that you'll learn on the doors is making a sale fixes all sicknesses. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is what I've seen. I'm like, <laughs> if someone is having a rough day, what fixes it is not going to be sitting in their car. What's going to fix it is going to be making a sale. So wow. whether that means I need to go with them and like help them see a sale or just help them get a win, like that will turn your day around faster than anything else. Cause what happens is if you're getting rejected and you start bargaining and then you go sit in your car, you're just carrying that negativity with you and it's never going to auto correct itself. Like what's oh, yeah. going to fix it is making a sale and all of a sudden your stomach doesn't hurt anymore. You don't have a headache. All these excuses are gone and you're just fired up <laughs> and you want to go make another sale. So that's yeah. like, you got to get someone to get a quick win as fast as possible so that they can snap out of that. And then hopefully with enough time, they can self-recognize that. Um, but that's yeah. my, I'm like, the way that you beat feeling bad is by going and like proving to yourself that you're someone that can make sales mm-hmm. and that you win even when it's tough. So it's like, yeah, as hard as it is, push through. Yeah. Cause like you just explained, when you're in that bargaining phase, that leads to the depression phase yes. where now you're not just bargaining with yourself. You're starting to feel it. And you're starting to think like, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling well. And I loved your response. Like when you're not doing the right things, the best medicine is to do the right things. And it sounds yes. kind of funny. We actually, our guest last week actually said something very similar. So I think it's kind of cool to see the similarities coming from two professionals in this world of when I'm doing the right things, I have less problems. And when I'm doing yeah. the right things, I don't struggle as much. So that's, that's really cool. And I think it was really, what's helpful to me too, if I'm, if I'm that seller on your team, is you as a leader coaching me on the idea that with time I can learn how to better and better do that for myself. So it's okay to lean on people. Like it's okay when you're new and you're struggling to lean on your team and to lean on people to help you out. Reaching out for help is never frowned upon. Like it's okay to reach out for help and to actually get that support from your team while you're in this process of learning how to identify that yourself. Right. And you should be in a team that helps encourage that as well. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you so much, Austin. Yeah, that, that, that was a perfect breakdown for me because those are the five stages that people face with rejection is the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the acceptance. So when we're in that phase, I like how you said, how can we prevent that? We do the right things. So let's talk about the best ways to bounce back from this rejection. So we actually do have from the Sales Health Alliance, saleshealthalliance.com, there's an article specifically about this, how to bounce back from rejection. And it talks about objection handles. When something, when someone says a specific thing, have you prepared or do you have a handle, an objection or a rejection handle to be able to navigate that? So if people say X, you do Y. If people do this, I do this in response. So are there any specific rejections that happen commonly that you can think of out in the field that you hear all the time? Yeah, I think it depends on what you're selling, but just rejection, I mean, especially if we're talking door-to-door sales, which is you and I both have a lot of experience in, you're just, you're going to get rejected more than you're going to make sales. And I think having a proper understanding of that before you get into it will help the way that you deal with each rejection when it comes. If you just have this idea in your mind that everyone is going to say yes to you, as soon as you get two no's in a row, you're going to feel like a failure. Where what I would rather do is have in my mind, okay, these are the things that I can control. Like I can knock a hundred doors a day. Like that is totally in my control. And that's what I'm focusing on. That way, as long as I'm doing that, I'm not going to feel the burden of rejection because that's like, that, that's not what I'm solving for. I'm solving for how can I best knock a hundred doors a day and give it my best on each door. So I think just controlling what you can control allows you to quickly move on from rejection instead of just letting it affect, because you're going to get rejected more often than not. And it just, if you're solving for, if I sell this person, I'm a success. If I don't sell this person, I'm a complete failure. You're going to feel like a failure most of the day. When in reality, yeah. even if you make just a handful of sales a day or even less, sometimes that is a success. So I just like controlling what you can control and setting your sights on your leading indicators instead of the lagging indicators of the number of sales that you get, that will completely change your day to day. And you're, you're going to be able to knock a full day with a smile on your face because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I really like that shift in perspective because I... I'm locked on, I'm getting rejection, I'm getting rejected, how do I directly combat that? And your response is, control what you can control. Like, you can't control if the last 10 doors, eight people were really hard, reject, like rejecting you just right out the gates, but you can control if you go knock another 10 doors. And so okay. I think that was a really cool, I think that was a really cool shift in perspective for me is, don't let the rejection grab you like that and just grasp your attention where it's the only thing you see Cause even me asking the question right now, like that was a really unique answer to me is, well, yes, you're getting rejected, but are you still doing the rest of the things you should be doing today? Are you still talking to enough people? If the last 10 doors rejected you, are you going to go get another 10 doors? So that's really cool. In the words of Matt Haig, an author and journalist, rejection is just redirection. Explain that to me, Austin. You've worked with a lot of customers. Rejection is just redirection. Yeah, it's an interesting quote. Rejection is redirection. I mean, the way that, that I hear that is on a personal note, like I get to choose how to redirect and you don't know what they're specifically rejecting. I think a funny thing on the doors is as soon as you knock it and somebody opens up and they're like, oh, I'm just not interested. You're like, yeah, that's a rejection, but what are they rejecting? Like, they don't even know what I'm selling. They don't even know what we're doing. They don't like their immediate reaction is rejecting us. And so we need to find a way as professionals to redirect and get a 
different proposition in front of them or find out what that person's needs are so that we can actually give them something to either reject or accept. Um, but I think in another way of thinking about it just personally is just back to that Alex Ramosi quote, knows our feedback. It's like rejection is the same thing. It's like, take it for what it is, redirect and try and uh, come at it from a different angle. Austin, is there any experience you can recall with a rep of yours that was really struggling with rejection where you were able to help them overcome that struggle? Yeah, I think, I think at least in my experience, everybody goes through it at some point on the doors. You're going to always feel, I mean, you're always going to have that experience at least once where you're really in a, either it's a rut or you're just mentally down or you're not sure why you're doing it anymore. Um, and I think like we've talked about helping them find a win or helping them find the correct thing to focus on, that's how you get somebody out of it. And I think too, just being in a culture that as a team promotes trying and promotes helping each individual member do their best to be successful kind of takes that pressure off. Cause what I've seen happen. And I think what's been true for me is like the fear of rejection is worse than the actual rejection itself. And part of the fear is like, what if I don't make enough sales today? Or what if I'm not good enough? Or what am I, it's all from this place of like insecurity. So once you change your mindset to just we're out here to do the best that I can, and I'm going to keep trying to improve. And it's a, a journey of progress and progression instead of like just a, a success or failure. I think that starts to create an opportunity for reps to focus on something that they can control, snap out of that, and then just see the progress that they're making. And yeah, I mean, I think if you can, if you can do that and push through, you can do anything, especially in sales. So Austin, more information from the sales health Alliance is bouncing back from rejection. And I'm going to, I'm going to read to you some of these steps that are provided by the sales health Alliance. And what's really cool is the things you have said from your experience tied directly into what these professionals at the sales health Alliance are recommending to do when you bounce back from rejection. One is assuming positive intent. And I think we can all agree it's never good to attack your day with a negative attitude, thinking everybody sucks and the world's just mad, mad at you and they all hate you as a salesperson because nothing good's going to come from that, right? It's best that we assume the best in people, assume that they have good intent, that they have good intentions. And like you said earlier, sometimes it's just not the right time, not the right day. And if you were to come back, it'd be a totally different scenario. So assume positive intent. Also, I love how you kept talking about what can I control? What are the things that I can control? What are the things that I can't? I always like to say when you fail something, ask yourself, what can I do? So don't say, hey, I'm stuck. Don't say, hey, I'm, I, I'm in a rut, but say, what can I do? I just learned X. Now I know Y. Meaning I know the, I just learned this input. So now I know, or I just learned this output or this outcome. So now I know the input. And that ties directly to what you were saying, right? Like knows are knows our feedback. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, exactly. So if we, if we hear a yes, great, that's a sale. But if we hear a no, that's a chance for us to step back and make sure that we're absorbing that information of, I just learned the outcome and this is why the Inca or the input is why. If you get rejected on a contact then, so this is where we get to some of the advice that I think ties to the controllables. What can I control? Another piece of advice from the Sales Health Alliance. If I get rejected on a contact, then what? And this is a good opportunity to say, 
I just learned this. So this is where you're actually analyzing the feedback from the rejection that you received. Additionally, if a buyer tells me they are interested, then what does that mean? Right? And I've, I've actually heard an interesting quote. Maybe you've heard this too, Austin. It's not a no, N-O, until they know, K-N-O-W, right? Yep, exactly. So if a customer is telling me they're not interested, what are they actually saying? Typically, it's, I don't know you yet, or I don't trust you yet, or maybe it even has to do with a previous door-to-door experience. But if they tell me they're not interested, what does that mean? And I think you already touched on that a little bit, right? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, there's no reason for us to get upset at a prospect if they say no, when they have no idea what we're talking about. Like, they just don't know. Even if they have the same service that we're selling or whatever, they don't know what makes us unique. They don't know what makes us better. They don't. So they're not rejecting us. They're just saying, like you said, it might've been a bad experience. It might've been all these other things we're not, we're not aware of. So there's no reason to take ourselves out of the running just yeah. off that first, off that first no. Yep. It's not a no, N-O until they know, K-N-O-W. And then another step, halt. This one's interesting. The last step of your rejection handle. So we talked about handles, how you're going to respond should always be to halt before you move on to the next task or the next contact. So halt's actually an acronym. Ask yourself these questions because this could be one of the, this could be one of the things that you need to think about. It's hungry, angry, lonely, tired, like all questions, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Asking yourself these questions throughout the day, you can kind of figure out is there anything I need to answer yes to? Because if yes, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? You might perform worse or you might respond worse in times of rejection. And I'm sure you've seen this like on the doors, right? We have to be prepared for these things because we're out in the field all day. So are we going to be hungry at some point? For sure. Are we going to be angry? I'm everybody encounters that with rejection, right? What about lonely, tired? And I think that asking ourselves that question, Asking ourselves, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Asking those halt questions will help us to identify a few more of the factors we can control. But you and your experience, I want to tackle this even a step further. How can you be proactive in controlling those halt questions? Your hunger, your anger, your loneliness, if you're tired, what can you do to be proactive to not not fall behind on those things in the first place? Yeah. So as you're listing those things off, I was just thinking this is all a matter of preparation. I'm like, if you're feeling any of those things on the door, number one, making a sale will make them go away. But even before that happens, this is all a matter of preparation. If you're hungry or if you stay up all night, you're going to be tired the next day on the door and you aren't going to perform well. So that starts the night before. Lonely, I think one of the best things for a sales team is to have some sort of sales group chat or a Marco Polo group or something to feel like you're with in it with other reps. You're all going through the same thing. And to participate, not just participate. have to participate, right? Yeah. If you run into some especially rude person, jump on that, say something funny to the boys and just like keep that feeling light so that you don't dwell on it. So I would say all of those things, you're right. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you will perform worse. And that is all a question of your preparation. Like, did you eat before? Like, did you bring a protein bar or a shake or something? Are you like getting good sleep? Are you on the group chat participating? Like, those are all things that, again, you can control how that goes. That's awesome. And what I'm starting to think as we discuss this is the way you react to rejection is a direct reflection of how you handle things both in and out of work. If you're a prepared and organized person, if you are taking care of yourself off the doors, it will help you to handle this rejection better on the doors because you don't have these other 
inputs or these other frustrations nagging at you, right? Yeah. 100%. So it's not only a matter, it's not only a matter of how you handle it when it happens, but it's also a matter of what are you doing before the rejection even happens, right? Yeah. I mean, rejection is not unique to only sales, right? We feel it throughout mm-hmm. our day-to-day life all the time in one way or another. It's like they say, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. I think that can be true quite often in, in rejection. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I'll just say it again. I said at the very beginning, rejection is a part of the sales job, just like numbers are for an accountant. It's a natural part of being in the field. We all know that. Austin is a great example of that. And I I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts for that. And thank you so much for jumping on a call with me. Uh, You've, it's great to catch up with you. And it's always great to talk from you. I always learn something when I chat with you in final thoughts for all of our listeners that are listening to this right now. If they are encountering rejection or if they are struggling with rejection day to day right now in the field, what is one of the most important messages you want to leave them with? Yeah. Well, thank just before I get into that, I just want to thank you for the time to be on. This is super fun. Always great chatting with you. And this has been a, this has been a blast, but I just think it's important for everyone to realize that you can do it. That thing that you want to accomplish, you can. And if it feels like you're struggling or the rejection is too hard or whatever, just realizing that like that place you're in, you don't have to stay there. There's resources, there's teammates, there's other people who have done it, who would love to help you get to where you want to go and you can get there. And so I just think starting with that belief, knowing like, yes, this is hard. And like door to door sales is hard. Like it should be hard. And like, that's okay. You can accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish. If you just keep pushing, find that belief in yourself and then look for those around you to support you and, and help lift you up as well and and be that for somebody else, help lift somebody else up also. And I think that can be a a huge difference maker. So that's what I would say. Thanks everyone for listening to another week of knock and talk where we are bringing you experts in the field of door to door sales to talk about topics that matter to you and can help you also replicate the types of success that others have seen in this industry. Please follow us at chipper.sales on Instagram. That's C H I P R dot sales, S A L E S. And we'll give you more updates and we'll post stories, other publications and stuff whenever we release an episode. And please join us every single week as we bring more guests and more knowledge in the door-to-door space. Again, this is Chance Hansen. We'll be coming to you weekly with more people, more experiences, more stories, more topics. And please support us by subscribing. Thanks again for joining.